Hello, my name is Ran, and this is the Flow Artist Podcast. Every episode, we interview inspiring movers, thinkers, and teachers about how they find their flow and much, much more. I hope you're having an absolutely wonderful day. We're right into spring in Melbourne, Australia, and the weather is wonderful. This is a very special episode for Joe and myself as we've now been creating this podcast for a whole year. We're so very grateful to be able to speak with all the amazing guests that we have and we're very grateful to be able to bring this podcast to you. This episode is a conversation between Joe and myself and in this conversation we talk about why we decided to start the podcast, the challenges and joys that come from making it and a few things that we've learned along the way in making podcasts and in teaching yoga and meditation. We also talk a little bit about our new studio, Garden of Yoga, and a few things that we'd like to achieve in our lovely little space. Before we get started though, I just wanted to let you know about a very special event we're having at the studio. It's our Yoga for Digestive Ease workshop. Now, as you may know, my stomach was removed around three years ago to stomach cancer. In fact, it's nearly my three year no stomach anniversary. In this workshop that's led by both Joe and myself, we talk a little bit about my story and we'll share a few meditation and yoga practices that have helped me in my recovery. It's a lovely afternoon of meditation, yoga and yin and we absolutely can't wait for it to happen. The workshop takes place Sunday 4th of November at Garden of Yoga in Northcote at 2pm and bookings are essential. Go to gardenofyoga.com.au and I'll leave a link in the show notes. The workshop is $30 per person, but all of the funds go towards No Stomach for Cancer, which funds research all over the world, including at Peter McCallum Cancer Institute, which is where I receive my treatment. Alright, that is enough from me. Let's get on to the conversation. Wow, we've been going an entire year. High five. Whoa! Yeah, amazing. Oh. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? So, Ran, mm-hmm. what was your inspiration for starting the podcast? I've been a huge fan of podcasts for ages. I've been listening to podcasts for years and years, and I know there's some amazing yoga-related podcasts that I'm interested in that I've been listening to, and, for example, Jay Brown's Yoga Talks and Ashton Zabo's Savannah Podcast and then Anatomy of Living and Connected Yoga Teacher and all that. And I'd wanted to, to do a podcast for quite a while, but I didn't really have time or or a subject to do it on. And then I had finished my yoga teacher training, as you know, and I had time all of a sudden. And I thought, yeah, actually, maybe I'd like to do a podcast about yoga. And I asked if you'd be interested, and you were. So we had this sort of group project to do together, and it just sort of all seemed to fall into place. So I guess that's that's what happened there. And so what do you think is like unique about a podcast as a media format? I really love the intimacy of the podcast format. It's almost like you're just listening in on someone having, you know, not a private conversation, but a very, you know, intimate conversation. And you're right there listening to them. They're virtually talking into your ears. So that's something that I really love about the podcast format. And plus it can go for half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half. Some podcasts go for even longer, though I don't think we'll ever do anything <laughs> like that. But yeah, I feel it just gives you the time to have a, a really in-depth conversation, which is great. 
It's also kind of weird, like, I don't know what I did on my commute before I had podcasts to listen to. I know. I think I just listened to music. Yeah, me too. So what have you enjoyed most about making the podcast? Well, I think personally, I what I enjoyed the most about making the podcast is, well, meeting all these really interesting, intelligent people who I respect and admire and and just the fact that you can reach out to these people and ask them if you could have a you know hour hour and a half conversation with them which otherwise would not be very easy to do and and people are generally pretty yeah, in people the, make time for you yeah it's... yeah and then and then after you've done that episode you've formed a connection with that person so we've formed these connections with all, all these people and also I feel like we've we've learned lots of things about yoga that perhaps were maybe sitting in the backs of our minds. I, I can only speak for myself. But it sort of really brought some things to the forefront that I might have been thinking about but not really invested too much thought in. Yeah, or it's just like this another layer of expertise mm. in an area that maybe you have a feeling about, mm. I'm thinking about, especially like the body positivity and the yeah. mental health yeah. things. It's just really great to be able to talk to someone like this is their specialty. Mm-hmm. You can ask those questions mm. that have been on your mind. Absolutely. And yeah. if you've been teaching for a while, sometimes you kind of deal with this stuff on the fly. Mm-hmm. So it's really reassuring when mm. you can talk to someone and your instincts about something were correct or mm-hmm. appropriate. It's also really inspiring talking to people about this field that they love mm-hmm. and that they've invested so much time and energy into and just getting to explore that with them. Like you have really good conversations with people when they're talking about their passions Absolutely. that they're really well informed about. Mm-hmm. It's been really awesome having this as a shared project as mm-hmm. well. Like it's been a really fun part of it too. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, it's kind of interesting as well, because the listeners might not know, but Ran really loves technology and gadgets, <laughs> so it's opened up a whole new world of audio technology and cracking that particular nut, Absolutely. So I feel that you're a really amazing interviewer, and I oh, think thanks. just be- between the two of us, we actually have a pretty good skill set, so... Yeah, no, I think we complement each other nicely. And, you know, I, I don't think I could have pulled this off on my own, so it's really cool. Yeah, if it was just me, it would just be a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no recording. <laughs> Fully recorded? <laughs> I don't know how to put that online. No. The actual interview process was something as well that I really love doing, and mm-hmm. that was kind of a surprise. Yeah. Because I like chatting to people, mm-hmm. but I didn't realise what a meditative process it is to have a Mm. podcast-style conversation with people where Mm -hmm. what they're saying is your full focus. Mm -hmm. You really have to be present the entire time and you know in the back of the mind the questions you want to ask, but you sort of want to stay in tune with what they're saying and with the question and maybe evolve the conversation yeah in a sometimes your questions way. come out in a different order to what you're thinking yeah and there's always other questions that you didn't even think about till you're in the middle of that conversation absolutely yeah so what's been the most challenging part for you for me oh there's been many challenging parts but i find it actually 
quite difficult to string a sentence together coherently and I will often go back and edit and we'll get into editing later I think but yeah that's been quite a challenge and I guess the other challenge is once I did start editing that's quite a time consumer it can take me say if it's an hour long podcast it can take say three to four hours to to edit and yeah it's it's quite time consuming but I, I do like the fact that I get to listen to the conversation again after we've had the conversation so it really brings things into my mind again it's in a really good way so yeah it's good have there been any surprises any surprises Oh, I was thinking about this question. I have some surprises. Mm -hmm. I've been surprised how open to the idea people are. Mm -hmm. Like when we've approached really busy yoga teachers, Mm -hmm. I've been surprised how many people have said yes and have been like really happy and excited to do a little Mm -hmm. podcast. Me too. Have you learned anything that's changed the way you teach now? Yeah, I have. I think more carefully about the language... Mm-hmm. that I use and Janet Lowndes and Sarah Harry have been really instrumental mm-hmm. in that just clarifying things that I already felt mm-hmm. but now can articulate in a more skillful way mm-hmm. I hope I've changed our new client form mm-hmm. to make it more gender inclusive mm-hmm. we didn't used to have a gender question on the form but now we have a preferred pronoun mm-hmm. field and that hopefully will just just take a little bit of uncertainty and anxiety out of the process of walking into a space mm-hmm. for a non-binary person mm-hmm. and, you know, a conversation with a new prompted me mm-hmm. to make that little change. I've added a mental health question mm-hmm. on our new client form. A conversation with Janet prompted me to make that change. Mm-hmm. And... I've always wanted to welcome everyone into Mm. my classes and to make everyone feel comfortable. And I feel like that's my job as Mm. a yoga teacher. But now I really express that in my social media and my messaging Mm -hmm. because I've learned how it's not even just what you do in your class that will have effect on someone's state of mind. Mm -hmm. It's what you do before they even get to your class. Mm -hmm. So the message that you're putting out there with your website, with your social media, with something like your new client form, that all sends a message to your Mm -hmm. potential yogis Mm -hmm. as to whether or not they're going to be feeling welcome and comfortable in Mm -hmm. your space. I guess for myself, I mean... When we started the podcast, I'd only really done my teacher training. And, you know, the first episode was called I'm a Yoga Teacher Now What? And this will be, it's been a year now what? And I've, I have been teaching a bit since then. And I guess when I first started, I was, in a way, I'd just taken in all this technical information about anatomy and, you know, a bit about the philosophy and this, that and the other. And, and that was great, but... I think after talking to so many guests saying the same thing about yoga being a, a big part of just learning to examine how you feel in, in your mind and your body in, in a pose. So that's really, I think, I feel come out in my teaching and that's something I really, really enjoy doing as well. So shifting your instruction from a physical cue to mm-hmm. a sensation mm. cue, mm. like an inquiry rather than a rather than perhaps trying to get into a particular shape. Yeah, cool. How do you find your guests? 
generally they're people that we want that we really want to have a chat with who we'd really like to ask questions i remember before we actually started the podcast we wrote down a big list of people that we'd like to have on some of them were more i i guess fanciful than others but we did manage we have managed to tick off a lot of people that were on on that list and there's still a ton more that we want to get to as well so yeah what's been really nice as well is after some people have spoken to us they have said right now i'm going to put you in touch with my friends they'd be really great mm-hmm. and kay was that yeah and... kay was great like that mm-hmm. yeah well kay was both uh you need to talk to this lady yeah and and she, she was on the list <laughs> yeah, yeah. and she had friends who she connected yeah. us with yeah how do you think of what questions to ask generally for myself it's questions that I'm super curious about. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely those ones that just come up that Mm. are in the conversation that you're curious about. I feel like there's the ones that have been on my mind (laughs) or not, you know, (laughs) they haven't been keeping you up at night, Mm. but things I've wondered about, we've both wondered about. Like I remember when we talked to Robin about some yoga nidra questions Mm -hmm. that we'd always wondered about Mm -hmm. and even tried to research and not been able to find that information. It was great to be able to ask those things we'd had always been curious about. I I write most of the questions for the mm-hmm. podcast. And I also try to just give a little bit of context mm-hmm. as to the guest's journey to get to where they are mm. today. The first question is generally asking about their background and where they grew up and and we want to know how they discovered yoga so those are generally the first couple of questions I guess it's kind of like their yoga narrative yeah yeah and we and we often conclude with uh trying to get at the essence of of their teachings of their philosophy and so what is the production process beyond the interview I won't get into this too deeply and ours is Probably not at a professional level, obviously, (laughs) but I have a nice little digital recorder. We sometimes record on Zoom, which is a great piece of software for recording conversations over the internet. Uh, I'll then import those files into my computer if I don't have them on there already. I will process them with some software called SoundSoap, which is really good at cleaning up audio, sort of getting rid of harm or clicks and other bits of noise and you can add some quotation marks sparkle to the um, have you been adding sparkle just a little bit it's it's normally just to sort of offset the muddiness that can come in from cleaning things up okay yeah so anyway uh, and then after i've done that i'll bring it into audacity which is a free piece of software and i'll put some compression and limiting on that just to make the levels not too loud or too soft and mainly it's because we laugh too loudly so <laughs> <laughs> i've got to tone that down it's true and then i or and a little bit of eq and then after that i actually edit all the ums and ahs and you know <laughs> <laughs> and using a software called ableton which is actually for music production and maybe not the best for a podcast but I'm fairly familiar with it and I can go through it quite quickly so I found that is the best and then I'll export that into mp3 upload it to the website and publish it from there and I ran that our website as well I did it's pretty awesome oh thanks Joe.
any advice for people who want to start their own podcast, probably don't do it the way I just described. (laughs) (laughs) There is actually a really good piece of software called Anchor, which goes on your phone. You can record over your phone. You can give some effects, and I think you can publish it from there. The only thing I would worry about there is that Anchor will then own your RSS feed and possibly own your content. I'd look into that. So, yeah, be careful about that if you really want to get into it seriously. My advice for people who want to start their own podcast is to actually just start Mm. and maybe don't even worry too much about publishing it and the website and everything because that can just be a massive stumbling block and then you just won't start. But say if you recorded four different interviews, Mm. then you'd already have like a nice little um, backlog. Mm -hmm. And you'd know whether or not this is something that you want to pursue and whether you do want to put that extra time and energy and possibly money into that next phase of taking it live. Have you met any people who listen to the podcast? We have, and it's <laughs> awesome. It was one of the really nice things about our studio opening. We got to meet lots of people who had just listened to the podcast, mm-hmm. and lots of people said, it's like we know you, <laughs> like we know your voice so well. And that's so nice, because when we're recording it and sending it out there, like we really love what we do and we love mm-hmm. to get the chance to talk to all of our amazing guests so it's really wonderful when that resonates with other people and that comes back to us absolutely and often you don't really know <laughs> you're just sending it out into the internet void absolutely leading into the second part of our episode today mm-hmm. some questions for run teaching one year on mm. so in our first episode i'm a yoga teacher now what we talked about some of the different classes you could teach and how you get those gigs and you are now teaching a range of classes do you want to tell us about the different classes in your schedule mm-hmm. and how they all came about well i guess the first class i started teaching was actually at the local ymca at the northcote aquatic center just a 10 minute walk down the street so that's pretty handy and i got that through The lovely Alice, who I did my teacher training with, told me about it and the person who was doing that class needed someone else to take over and preferably a male, so I was very lucky there and I just connected with him and next thing you know, I'm teaching there every every Monday night, so that was great and I've learned so much since I started teaching that class. Uh, The next class, which was a bit more recent, was I started teaching a family-friendly yoga class uh, paid for by the local council. Part of the Get Active in Darabin program. Absolutely. It's pretty cool. It's a family-friendly class, and I I must admit I was not as prepared as I could have been. It was really interesting to start with the first day. There are a few people, and then right at the last minute, about 10 or 15 young mothers with possibly just as many or more children came in, and boy it was it was crazy but i had a lot of fun it was i had to project really loudly the entire time and you know there was a bit of noise and stuff and i just talked about going with the flow and not having any expectations and it seemed to go pretty well and i was exhausted by the end but i got some really good feedback and yeah and i've had a bunch of regulars since then so that's been a whole lot of fun and I think my last one is tomorrow, actually, or Monday, sorry. So 
looking forward to that. And other than that, I am also teaching at our studio and been teaching a few classes there a week and that's been a fun learning experience as well. And it, I have to say, I am extremely privileged to have a yoga studio in my backyard and one that's particularly well equipped at uh, the Darabin Council there. There's no props. <laughs> it's BYO mats as well. Yeah, and and even at the local um, Y, there's also very few props. So <laughs> um, I feel very grateful to have everything I need just walking out my back door and going there. It's, yeah, it's really fun. And so what's your favourite part of teaching? I think my favourite part of teaching is seeing how people are feeling at the end or at least how they seem to be feeling at the end they just seem so relaxed they seem it's really rewarding yeah it's absolutely rewarding and and yeah it's something I I feel really good about I really enjoy it and and I also really enjoy meeting new people and connecting and yeah it's fun I don't want to you know make you feel awkward or anything Mm -hmm. but I think you said yourself you can be quite shy meeting Mm -hmm. new people in social situations, mm-hmm. how do you feel like that when you're teaching? Uh, I feel like it's a different situation for me. It's because I'm doing something and, you know, I have this, I wouldn't say goal, but I have this sort of structure to work with. So shyness doesn't seem to bother me in that yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, when you're standing up in front of a room full of people. Absolutely, yeah. Don't let me throw you off in your next class. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I'm going to be... Oh. <laughs> I never used to feel awkward till Joe pointed yeah, this out. Yeah, yeah. I go, oh, hi, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah, no, you're welcome. No worries. <laughs> Have you evolved a process of planning what you're going to teach? I guess so. I think I was actually a lot more structured in the beginning, and now I, I kind of wing it a little bit more. I generally have an idea of what I want to do during a class and I feel comfortable enough now that I can decide on the day what I'm going to do and after recording our conversation with Jay Brown and hearing that he teaches the same class every time I do actually want to play around with that in some of my classes and not necessarily rigidly sticking to the same set of poses and and pranayama and that kind of thing the whole class but have a general structure that I can refine over time I think and and perhaps if the situation demands I can always change bits and pieces so obviously you know I'm still only a year into teaching so things are are still changing and I'm still learning and evolving. I'm sure I will be for a very, very long time. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's when you start being a really boring teacher. Yeah. Stop yeah, learning and evolving. Absolutely, yeah. Like we kind of touched on this a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering, has your confidence grown as a teacher and has there been any strategies or any advice that's helped with that? You know, I'm at this stage in my life where I realise if I'm learning new things, learning new skills, which I am doing, that... There are times where I'm not going to be as good as I could be, if that makes sense. So, Oh, well, yeah, that's part of like learning and growing. Yeah, yeah, so I guess there's a part of just, just going with that and, yeah, taking things as they come. Something I've noticed as well is, say when you're doing a teacher training course, mm-hmm. 
and you have to do a teaching practice, mm-hmm. it's a massive big deal. And you've got mm. to really like, you know, rehearse for or plan for. Mm-hmm. And then even when you're teaching one class a week, mm-hmm. there's like so much build up for that one class. Mm. And I think when you just go to teaching a couple of classes uh-huh. a week, it just takes the pressure off that individual situation. Mm. And you just mm. get a sense of like, yep, some of them go great. Some of them not so great. Yeah. And even with the people who show up, you just see this like natural ebb and flow and realize how sometimes it's nothing to do with what you did last week. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a sunny day and everyone went outside that day <laughs> or it's a busy time of year. So classes are quiet. Mm-hmm. So I have noticed in my teaching and I think I've noticed it with you as well. Mm-hmm. Just the more you do it, the less pressure you put on yourself mm. and on each individual instant. And I have to say as well, on Thursday nights, we teach uh, a couple of classes together and I actually really like having you there for many reasons, but I, I like to get your feedback. Oh um, yeah, there's feedback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I think I'm really lucky to be able to have you give oh, me feedback. Oh, thanks. No, I really do. So I enjoy going to your class. Oh, thanks. I enjoy having you in my yin class afterwards. Um, absolutely. No, it's great. Do you have any advice for brand new teachers? I mean, this will sound so cliched, but I guess you know, you've just got to do it. You've got to, just got to keep practicing and, and really try and figure out exactly what it is that you want to be teaching, what it is that you want your students to I, I feel weird calling people my students, but having your students learn from you. I think um, a really good way into that is to think about what you have personally got mm-hmm. from yoga. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes, you know, if you're new to something mm-hmm. and you might feel like, oh, what have I got to offer? Like, I've only been teaching a little while. I don't know as much as some other teachers. But if you can share how yoga has helped you personally and kind of draw from your own practice and your own experience, then that is unique from you. Mm -hmm. And that was what will resonate with people because it's your lived experience and you're an expert on that. (laughs) You know, you might not have been studying yoga for 20 years, but Mm. sharing your personal experience is always just going to be so much richer than like some generic thing that you read in a book or some (laughs) sequence that you thought would impress people. Mm. Yoga is about connecting with yourself. So if you can demonstrate in some way of working towards that, then that's going to translate probably better than my last sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess so. I just want to clarify mine as well. Like, you don't have to tell them your own inner journey. Mm. It can just be something like, oh, I found this practice was really helpful to help me deal with stress from work or... Mm-hmm you've had a baby I thought the you know like prenatal yoga could be something that you could share I just kind of mean that in the broader sense you've uh you've set up this new studio over the last uh, few months would you like to talk about what's been involved in that oh yes so for some reason I've always just wanted to have my own studio at home rather than renting a space and I teach at lots of other places Mm -hmm. And my previous studio was garage-sized because it was a garage, which was already kind of fitted out. And I had to get some engineering done so I could teach aerial yoga there. 
But right from the beginning, my plan was always to have a larger space mm-hmm. and lots of life things happened and mm-hmm. we had to kind of get planning and, and permits and, you know, finances and everything in order. So I almost feel like it was probably like about four or five years mm. of getting ready to do mm. this. And then the building process was awesome. Mm. So our architect, James, and I'll put a link to him in the show notes if anyone has a project that they need an architect or a project manager for. He was really great. Ben Stammers is the builder who James recommended. He was awesome. The whole team were great. Like mm-hmm. They were really great craftsmen. They really were really friendly guys. super friendly, mm-hmm. really focused on just making it so that I was going to be really happy with it. Mm-hmm. Like. All along the way, if Ben thought there was something that I wasn't going to like, even if it was on the plans, we'd talk about it together or if he had different ideas. So I don't know if people know, but I studied art before I became a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. And this was just like the most awesome process of taking something out of my imagination Mm -hmm. and turning it into reality. And while the studio was being built, I obviously wasn't teaching any of my home classes So I was just painting and building and making stuff and making stuff to go in the studio. And that was really fun as well. And making the podcast as well. So that was shaping our vision for the studio also. And then since it's been open, we've had really nice experiences. We've had a couple of events there, Mm -hmm. had an opening celebration, and we've just been teaching classes there. And the response from people has been awesome Mm -hmm. like people really seem to get what we're trying to do with the studio Mm -hmm. like it doesn't necessarily look like a lot of the other yoga studios around us do it kind of looks like the inside of my head (laughs) (laughs) well it's really colorful and I made some uh, mandalas on these recycled glass things that are hanging on the walls there's Mm -hmm. a massive prop shelves selection to put all of our weird and random props. Mm-hmm. It's got really expansive high ceilings for our aerial hammocks. There's lots of plants. There's lots of art. There's mm-hmm. lots of color. Yep. That's oh, beautiful. Oh, oh, there's also an awesome sound system that our friend John <laughs> from Increased Audio put together for us. That's pretty cool. So what have you learned since starting the studio? I think that I have learned that my not really having a system approach to running my business Mm -hmm. maybe isn't going to translate so well (laughs) on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. So we're we're getting some more systems in place. I've learned how much more fun this stuff is when Ran's doing it with (laughs) me because the previous studio was just me, but now it's the two of us together. And that's really great. Mm -hmm. What exactly are you trying to achieve with the studio? This is something that's really been crystallized with the guests that we've spoken to. Mm -hmm. I've just become aware of how many different sections of the population just do not feel welcome in many yoga studios Mm -hmm. who feel like somehow yoga isn't for them Mm -hmm. when the beauty of yoga is it's so adaptable. Mm. Like if you want to try it, there will be a variation that will work for you, even if it's just yoga nidra Mm -hmm. and meditation and visualization Mm -hmm. or a really supported practice or at the other end of that spectrum, if you're that person who feels like yoga's boring, like their minds are too active and they can't just be steady 
like there's a practice that will help you find that state. Mm. We're really all about creating a space that's like inclusive mm-hmm. and welcoming and doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm. Like we want this to be a place that people want to come to mm. and enjoy and mm. not feel like there's this sense of duty that this is just something they should be doing mm. and we want it to be a pleasure to come to our studio. I just wanted to add that I actually feel really lucky that we've been able to do these uh, Get Active and Darabin programs so we can actually bring yoga to people who might not otherwise have access to it. It's actually been quite a fun yeah it's such a great community program and Mm. like we've both done other community classes Mm -hmm. where like there's not a charge or it's by a choose your own donation but if you don't have the kind of marketing reach to actually reach all of those different sectors of Mm. the community that this program does Mm -hmm. people just don't hear about your classes Mm. but yeah this is such an inclusive program Mm -hmm. and i've learned so much teaching there and what i've really noticed as well is the benefits that go beyond the movement Mm -hmm. so like just the benefits of like connecting to other people in your community do you have any advice for people thinking of starting their own studio yeah, I think start small. Mm-hmm. So start on a non-stressful scale. Mm-hmm. So if you are going into massive debt mm-hmm. to try and build something enormous, like you're just starting out under so much pressure. Mm. And I think it's the beauty of having your own space, especially if it's a home space. You can start small and it can grow organically, whereas... If you're under pressure immediately to Mm -hmm. reach a certain size and a certain amount of growth, it really takes away from some of the aspects of teaching that Mm -hmm. aren't really about that. Mm. And I don't think any yoga teacher wants to be in this financially stressful situation. No. Like, that's not why they became yoga teachers, you know? So yeah, I think like be really realistic with yourself about mm-hmm. what is sustainable for you mm-hmm. and maybe it would be renting a space one day a week mm-hmm. or maybe it would be establishing yourself teaching at a few different studios mm-hmm. or teaching some corporate classes. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to open your own space and you're in quite a crowded yoga market like mm-hmm. we are, you have to have a bit of a following from somewhere else mm. already. Mm-hmm. So maybe even do some park classes or something where there's no cost involved mm-hmm. just to assess who's going to come to my classes. I have a feeling I know the answer to this question, but what was the most fun in setting up the studio? Oh, I think just the actual building things and mm-hmm. making things mm-hmm. and getting to see all my dreams come to life. And, and decor. And decor, yeah. <laughs> That's why I meant by my dreams. <laughs> Getting to see all my Pinterest boards turn mm. into reality. And what's the most challenging aspects? It has been a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I think there was a patch where I just kind of didn't have a day off for, I don't know, like six weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think the most challenging part of it now is still juggling the workload and the admin and the Mm -hmm. teaching classes. Mm -hmm. And I know that after we initially opened the studio, you went up to teaching 18 classes a week. Or like 20. Yeah, 20 classes a week. And I know that 
14, 15 is usually your sort of... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, you've been putting in a lot of work. No, thanks, no. yeah. <laughs> nice one, Joe. As far as the studio goes, where from here? Well, hopefully. Everything's been pretty positive so mm-hmm. far in terms of the response mm-hmm. that we've got. Yep, and, yep. um lots of new people are finding the studio or mm-hmm. a healthy flow of new people are finding the studio yep, so yep. I hope that continues to happen I'm going to add a few more classes just coming up in spring and I guess just refining our timetables mm-hmm. so that we've got an offering that is really appealing and mm-hmm. convenient for a lot of different people mm-hmm. uh, I've got a few workshops on the horizon that we're yep. wanting to do yep is it worth me mentioning that I'm I might be doing some aerial yoga training? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you heard it here first. I'll be doing some <laughs> aerial yoga training as well because it, it does seem to be that's what is most popular in our studio. So I might as well get on board yeah, with that. And I think like it'll be really great having the balance of the two of us teaching because mm-hmm. while we have the same kind of message at heart we do have quite different styles Mm -hmm. and I think the stuff that Ryan's really into is possibly going to be like a good compliment to the stuff that I'm really into and that people will get different things out of both of our classes absolutely yeah no it'll be great where to here for the podcast well we do have we have a few dream guests on our list Mm -hmm. I I think I'd like to upgrade some of the sound equipment but we'll see how, (laughs) how that goes but Oh, yeah, and something that we're actually really looking forward to doing, which I guess is a little combination of the podcast and the studio, is making some more video content. Mm -hmm. In conclusion, is there anything else you'd like to share? Thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) To wind things up, I'd just like to say thank you very much to everyone who's been listening to the podcast and everyone who, especially everyone who has spoken to us on the podcast being a guest as we said before we are almost surprised when people say yes and agree to talk to us we feel very blessed that we get to have these conversations and i really look forward to having more in the future so hopefully you'll be hearing from the two of us again in another year and we'll give you another assessment two years on now what (laughs) now what so yeah i guess you'll hear from us then all right all right that it yep cool see you guys (laughs) so a whole year gone by already i just can't believe it's gone so quickly now i wanted to add that joe and i are incredibly grateful to have you as listeners and we love making this podcast so much so we'll continue to find amazing teachers to speak with Speaking of which, next week we are talking with meditation teacher and vice president of Meditation Australia, Paul Majewski. Paul is a wealth of knowledge of meditation and the meditation scene in general, so look out for that one, it's really good. As always, the theme song of this podcast is Baby Robots by Ghost Soul and used with permission. Get his music from ghostsoul.bandcamp.com. Now we've got a few great episodes I want to bring out over the next few weeks so you will hear from me in another week. Until then, aroha nui, big, big love.